Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to a new edition of the Cardscast. It's a weekly podcast from Cardinal Authority. I am senior writer Michael McCamma, joined by publisher Jody Demling. And Jody, it, it, we're, we're, getting, we're taking baby steps towards the football season, so we want to touch on how camp's going. Donovan Mitchell with a, with a huge day as the, as the NBA playoffs got underway on Monday. And then we'll talk some little basketball as well. But let's do start with football. Uh, two weeks into fall camp, they had just had their first scrimmage. And, by, and from what we're telling, obviously we're not there. We can't see it. We normally can. But what we're hearing is a lot of positive stuff out of the football camp. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's a lot of newcomers, Michael. Um, yeah. You know, we've we've talked about it over time. Uh, a ton of newcomers on this roster. And, and there's even more that are contributing now, you know. Uh, I mean, when you talk about a guy like Josh Lifson, who I think, you know, just arrived, you know, 10 days ago on campus and he's already worked himself into being a very key part of this offense from a tight end spot. I mean, I think you're talking about, you know, newcomers that we all know about and some guys that are that are here now um, that maybe you didn't know about. And you know, I've heard some good things about uh, a lot of different things. Uh, you know, a lot of people, I think, found it interesting or weird and i think some people were worried about the the lack of players that didn't or the guys that didn't play uh in the scrimmage over the weekend and i wouldn't worry about it at all you can go read my uh notebook this morning uh that we put up and and uh, scott satterfield explaining in there what why he did that and and get just get some guys some rest yeah you know and that's kind of what you know i mean they know what they've got in hassan hall javion hawkins you know, Tutu Atwell, Des Fitzpatrick, you know, the linebacking core. I mean, those are the veteran guys. They saw what they were able to do last year. And really, especially when you look on the on the defensive side of the out of the scrimmage, that's the area where you really need to get some of these youngsters, these newcomers, whether they be true freshmen, redshirt freshmen, or, or junior college transfers, you've got to get them some experience. And obviously, you're not going to play any games yet. But th- so whenever you do have a scrimmage, you know, I, I like the idea of, you know, focusing on them and you know, and it sounds like he was, you know, pleased with what what they saw. Uh, you know, there are some younger guys that that, that stepped up and, and made some contributions, and, and that's what you want to hear uh, this time in fall camp. Because again, we know what the what the big vets are going to do. So now it's you know, we they've been harping on building the, this depth, and this is when you really need to do it. Well, and quite honestly, if you really look at it, Michael, when you when you look at at the way the season's going to play out, there there is no preseason. You know what I mean? Not. Yeah, and, yeah. and I say that in knowing last year Louisville opened with Notre Dame. So it wasn't really the same. You know, it's kind of it's it's a little similar um, to last year, but you don't have those couple of games in there that, you know, you can get guys some reps, you know, like uh, like a Murray State would have been. I think was it Eastern Kentucky last year, I believe is what it was. So you don't have those games. And I think it does as a coach make you make you kind of change your mind a little or make make you do things a little different at times. It does, you know, and on that note, Western Kentucky actually began, which is Louisville's season opener. They began fall camp today, I believe. So they're just starting to get things running down in in Bowling Green. Yeah, you know, it's it's a t- this is a season where you got the ten plus one. Uh, you've basically got to take off in, in a pretty good sprint. I mean, there's there's no slow stepping into this, you know. And again, so if you want to have 
you know, the, the success or build on the success that they had last year, you're going to start needing some contributions from some of these newcomers, especially again, like I said, on the, on the defensive side of the ball. And, and so this is the, the time to do it. And from what we saw, heard from Scott Satterfield uh, from their scrimmage on Saturday, that defense continued to impress or, or continue to improve, I should say, as the scrimmage went on, got stronger in the second half. He said he was really Im- impressed by how, you know, while the offense had success early, they didn't hang their heads. They didn't, you know, throw in the towels and, and just start going through the motions. Instead, they seemed to, from what it sounds like, got a little more motivated and really picked things up, had a little, a few turnovers you know, that they picked up in the second half. So, um, you know, and that's, that's the kind of things you want to hear, especially early on. Usually when you get to these scrimmages, it's, you know, usually it's the offense that shines. Um, yeah, and, like and I don't. First half, and then the defense stepped it up in the second half. And, and, and look, you can take this from both sides, but I also I had some people send me a message and, and worried about the offense being not as good in the scrimmage, but and that the defense is defense really that much improved. But you got to remember also in this whole thing is that they didn't play a lot of the key offensive guys. Yes, Dorian and CJ were limited in their reps, but Javion Hawkins and uh, and um, Hassan Hall did not even play. So, yeah. you know, you had Aiden Robbins. Uh, Maurice Berkeley and Jalen Mitchell as the three running backs, uh, you know, in the in this scrimmage on Saturday and not to take anything away from those guys, but they're not Javion Hawkins and and, uh, and, and Tutu. They're not Javion Hawkins and Hassan Hall uh, or, or Tutu Atwell, you know, getting limited reps in, in Braden Smith. He's not there yet. So um, while I think it's good for the defense, you also have to temper a little because it wasn't the stars. And while it's not great for the offense, you definitely have to temper because, hey, it's not the stars. So, um, again, it, Scott Satterfield has a plan, and the plan is to get these guys as many reps as they possibly can. And, look, you got to think, a guy like Dorian and CJ, and, and I'll use Coach Satterfield's words, they've played a lot of ball. I mean, they've actually been out there and played a heck of a lot of football uh, in their careers. To be honest, they don't they don't really need a they don't need an August, you know, August 15th scrimmage. Um, that's three hours long to get a bunch of reps. That's just not what they, it's just not what they need. Yeah. And, and you asked, uh, you asked coach Satterfield, you know, what's their kind of their schedule moving forward. And it sounds like they may have, you know, one more scrimmage coming up and then they may kind of pull back and work more on the, you know, individual stuff or work more on the, the mental aspect of it, and, you know, which is great. I mean, when, again, when you're going into a season like this, you want to be as healthy as you can be and you want to get, you want to build that depth. And that, that seems yeah. kind of the print of what they're going by here. Yeah, and they'll do and they'll do one of the they'll do one of the days where they do as a game day. Um, you know, I'm I'm hoping we find out a Western Kentucky game time here soon. They'll do a game they'll do a game day situation at that time and walk through kind of how the day is because there's so many newcomers. And again, like I said, remember there's there there is now over 30 newcomers on this team uh, from from this time last year. So uh, uh, so it's it's quite a bit, and quite a few of those guys are going to be are going to be called into into playing some key moments. Um, all right, our plan is to kind of go through. We're going to do a podcast on like some of the position battles and position groupings, and uh, and look at quarterbacks and running backs on one podcast, wide receivers and tight ends. We'll do the offensive line, and then. We'll do the secondary and then the linebackers. We'll do we'll do five or six different podcasts. At some point, we'll throw special teams in because special teams is a huge thing, and I don't think I don't think a lot of people really realize that that could be a spot where Louisville is not nearly as good as they were last year, simply because of the guys that they lost. So we'll we'll get through and we'll do all of that. I'm having a hard time, Michael, on 
on doing 10 breakout guys because there's quite a few and it's like I'm not sure who to put at the top and I think I've landed after hearing how he played in the scrimmage over the weekend and after hearing what he's done um, in, in the first uh, week or so I, I think I've landed at Tabarius Peterson and I think uh, he's the guy on defense that in, in from what I understand has kind of taken things to the next level. Yeah, and, and we have heard some positive things that, you know, for him, and and it's an area where they certainly need to to you know go to the next level. We had a recent discussion with Yasir Abdullah. He's a guy that I think could have a you know had a really solid season last year, first time a, you know in the starting role. But what it sounds like he has done during the po- during the off season, during the shutdown, whether it be at home or once they came back on campus for the volunteer workouts, the guy has added a ton of weight. And he seems super focused and, and, and the and the coaching staff is kind of raved about how he's starting to perform. So he's another guy and really as well as the guy right next to him Nick, or behind him on the depth chart currently, Nick Kiki. Those are a couple of guys that, you know, for that defense to kind of take that next step, which so many people are expecting. Uh, those are two that really need to take, you know, their games to another level. And from the sounds of it, they've been focused on adding their weight, which is obviously going to help endurance. It's going to help shed offensive linemen get, you know, when they're getting off the, you know, when, on the ball, when what's the ball is snapped. Uh, you know, so I, what it looks like or what it sounds like is things are certainly heading in the right direction as far as the size up front as well. Yeah. And, and then I'm intrigued at linebacker because one of the guys I'm going to include is Monty Montgomery. I I quite honestly think he had a breakout year last year because every time I looked, he was in the middle of a big play. He was doing a lot of different things. He just didn't get the reps uh, last year that uh, that he that he probably could have gotten uh, if he needed it. He just he was one of those guys. Um, to be quite honest, that uh, probably deserved more, but he's in a tough situation because, you know, he's the backup. He's a backup to C.J. Avery, who's hardly ever going to come off the field, and he can also be the backup to Dorian Etheridge, you know. So it's one of those kind of deals. And I, I think when you look at it, and, and remember, Monty Montgomery is going to be key in against Western Kentucky, at least in the first game, because remember, Dorian Etheridge has to sit out the first half of the uh, of the yeah. Western Kentucky game, and a lot of people probably forget about that. But he had a targeting penalty. It was late in the game, wasn't it? Wasn't it really late in that game or not? I'm trying to recall. Um, I think so. I think uh, it was third. like, I think it was like like early fourth quarter or late third quarter in, in in that in the Mississippi State game. Remember when the the Mississippi State player was uh, kind of on top of him and grabbed his leg, and he kind of looked like he kicked at him and he missed, but they still ejected him, so he'll have to sit out. From what I understand, he'll have to sit out the the first half. So Monty Montgomery is going to be a key, key guy for the first week and moving forward. And I think Monty Montgomery is 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 quite honestly um, a guy that could really start at Louisville if they needed him to. Yeah. And as far as somebody else, I think that it's going to get rise on first on the defensive side. A couple of guys, um, a couple of newcomers that I'm really looking forward to seeing how they perform in that secondary is Lovey Jenkins and Greedy Vance. Two guys we, we've continued to, as well as Marky e. Lowry, throw him in there as well. Uh, three newcomers that sounds like they're starting to develop in that secondary area that certainly needs some depth and, and needs some experience and, and as, as well as additional, I hate to say talent because there's talent there, but they just need more of it. And it sounds like they got some, you know, you know, three great additions there, but on the offensive side of the ball, you know, looking at the offensive line, we've continued to hear good things about Renato Brown uh, and, and how he's, you know, after his redshirt freshman year, how he's sliding into that, to that group as well. So I think he's one that could really be an integral part for the offensive front. And then an area that I'm still curious about is that tight end spot. We know what Marshawn Ford did uh, last year, most touchdowns in the ACC by, by a tight end. 
Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how he duplicates that this year. Ian Pfeiffer, you know, it sounds like he's playing a little right. bit more, even into the, the pass receiving ability as well as there. But other guys, Des, Des Melton had a really big play from what we're told in the scrimmage. So I'm really curious how that tight, of it, tight end position is going to, uh, you know, really fold out as well. Yeah, one guy, I do want to mention one other guy on defense, but we turned to offense, but Keytrail Clark will be a starter at Louisville. That is my, uh, I, I don't know if you want to call it a bold prediction because it's, it's to be quite honest, it's not even close from what I understand. So it's not really a bold prediction, but if he gets his waiver, he will start in the secondary at Louisville. Uh, the only way he wouldn't start is if they didn't want to hurt somebody's feelings, I think, quite honestly. Um, but he is... Uh, probably right now, from what I was told, the best corner on the team. Um, and, uh, and I think it's going to be a huge steal, uh, that they got him from, uh, from Liberty. And, um, and, you know, I think, I think that that's, to me, that is probably the biggest, um, that's probably the biggest news, the, probably the biggest, um, positive in fall camp so far is just how good he really is. Now to flip back to your offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I think the tight end, I can't wait to kind of break it all down and talk about all these guys. Cause quite honestly, Ian Pfeiffer was a, was an offensive lineman two years ago uh, early on last year. Didn't it, you know, when, when you're an offensive lineman and you lose what 50 pounds or 40 pounds or whatever, it takes a little while to adjust. Plus you're in a new system and everything else. He did a pretty good job early in the year, but only got better as the year went on, caught two passes. Both of them were for touchdowns. And I think he looks in like he's in the best shape of his life. He had a job coming out. He was a grad student. He already had a job and uh, had already accepted the job, was going to work for a company and, and then just decided, you know what, I want to, I want to do this one more year. I want to try to do this one more year. And, uh, you know, I think the, I think the kid is, uh, is, uh, I, I love, I love him. He is, uh, he is awesome. Uh, as far as, uh, uh, he, he's really, he's, he's a smart kid. He's a fundamentally sound kid and he's a guy that's going to make a lot of plays for Louisville and get them in a lot of good running situations. Yeah, I agree. You know, and, and again, we'll break that down a little bit more in a coming podcast. Also curious, which we'll do this in a podcast as well. Who will be that third receiver kind of step up? You know, there, there's a lot of candidates there. You know, Brandon Smith, Justin Marshall, you know, Christian Fitzpatrick. We've even heard, we've heard some good things about Jordan Watkins. I'll so tell you, Justin Marshall. I'll tell you, Justin Marshall had two touchdowns uh, uh, yeah. on on Saturday. Is what is what I heard. We didn't hear any stats, but. Uh, I've heard Justin Marshall looks like uh, the freak that he is out there as far as uh, and I say that knowing what coach Brewer calls those guys, the the freaks out there. And uh, uh, I've heard that that he's playing really well. Yeah. So really looking forward to that. And again, we'll break, you know, those down, looking forward to doing those podcasts as well. But, you know, all in all, at this point, you know, two weeks into camp, I guess entering the third week of camp now, you know, a lot of positives uh, for the team, you know, um, look forward to seeing how it continues to progress. You know, we'll, we'll start talking to them. Again, tomorrow, of course, practices are moved back later in the day. Now the classes have started. Uh, they used to be doing it in the mornings. Now they're going to be later uh, later on in the afternoons. Uh, so look forward to that uh, tomorrow evening, Tuesday evening, as we get a report as they return to practices there. And, and I just want to say something. Look, North Carolina didn't test any of their students when they came back. Then they were shocked to find out that it spread to uh, COVID-19 spread throughout their campus. Um, it was a, a, an off-campus party. 
uh, a frat party and then another uh, dorm that that it spread. I, I mean, I'm shocked that, you know, college students are still going to party. They're still going to not socially distance. We've seen it in a number of different places, Notre Dame and, and all over the place. Uh, I, I, I think people need to remember, though, just because North Carolina had a bunch of positives and just because now they're going to all online classes that does not affect football, and I don't expect that it will affect football. Football is kind of a beast uh, of its own. Um, they want the ACC leaders want to play, the athletic directors want to play, the presidents want to play, and the, the players want to play. So I don't think, again, I, I think it's going to be a long time. Uh, it, it might be September the 11th or 10th, and we find out, hey, Louisville's not going to play. Uh, you know, th this week or whatever, but I don't think it will be before then because I think that they're all dead set that they're going to do this, Michael, and they're going to see it out through the end. I know a lot of the national uh, media is kind of getting on people's case and this and that and that and the other, um, but I really truly believe that they're going to try to get this and work this through. Now, with that said, you know, I think the next uh, couple weeks are important because you know, when Louisville guys, when the when the players, I'm just speaking Louisville specific, but when they go to class and they're with these other students, then that is a uh, that's a tough one uh, to me. That's uh, I'm like, man, are you uh, are, are you kidding me? You know, I mean, so I I, I don't know. I, I just I, I think there's going to be people get there's going to be guys that are going to be out because of uh, uh, there's going to be guys that are going to be out because of the covid thing. Or they, they, that you know, some other student tested positive and they're in quarantine. So we just have to be prepared for that. Yeah, you know, going back to UNC, I mean, they're going all virtual only, and and you could really, you know, say this probably helps the the UNC football program. It's clearly, obviously, as you were just discussing, you know, going to class with these students. Well, if they've gone, you know, virtual classes only, well, now all of a sudden you don't have the football players intermingling with students who have been out partying or, or doing whatever the, the case may be, uh, you know, in the classroom. So that may actually strengthen. Yeah, the opportunity for for the Tar Heels football team to to well, keep their keep their right. positive test results and, down. And I wonder, and I don't know this for sure, but I wonder how many of the good players, not just at Louisville but everywhere, how many of the really good top line players are doing online classes anyway. You know, I mean, you look like a guy, a guy like Cole Bentley, who's already graduated. He's probably doing some grad classes, but he's probably doing them online. You know what I mean? So I, I just yeah. think. A lot of guys are that way anyway. So, all right. Well, we've um, um, no, nothing really in football recruiting. Uh, 22 still the number. Uh, 24 will be the number in the end right now. Uh, again, as as we've said a number of times on the on the boards, 24 is the number. They have two scholarships between now and August 31st of next year um, to give out as long as they keep those other 22 guys committed. So they only have two more left. So that's for transfers. That's for uh, freshmen. That's for whatever. Now they can hold guys off. And, and if they want, you know, have a transfer and, you know, he could come in late next year, I guess, and, and it count towards the next year, but you don't want to get into that situation. So yeah, while the number's not at 85 and we don't expect it to be at 85, the number between now and next year is 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 two left and 24 overall. Uh, the cards have 22 classes. There are a bunch of guys that are going to enroll early. We'll continue to keep you posted on all of those guys as we kind of work our way through the list. But again, I said this today, Michael, if you guys don't want it out there just yet that they're going to enroll early, uh, they're going to make announcements. Um, you know, hints, hints, one guy saying the, the, ne the next chapter or whatever that he tweeted 
Uh, they'll make announcements here soon that they're going to be early enrollees, but we expect it to be uh, upwards of half, at least half of the class right now. Yeah, and obviously that's something the coaching staff, you know, loves to get as many on campus early as you can. But this is certainly a unique situation because you're you're going to be talking to some of these players, you know, going to be enroll early. And the last time they played football was their, was their junior year in high school. So such a, a yeah, strange Tra- period. Yeah, Travion Cooley. Right, Travion yeah. Cooley and uh, Michael Gonzalez will skip their senior years in spring football to enroll early. So they're both yeah. working out and working towards that. So uh, all right, it was also uh, – uh, Real quick, the 22 commitments currently still rank among the nation's top 25 in the 247 sports composite, number 23 na- nationally, number five in the ACC. Uh, so things still looking you know, quite well there. Uh, but it will be interesting to see how the how it does uh, finish up. But uh, go ahead. Yeah, and uh, I was just going to say we're going to get out. It'll be difficult this year to see a lot of the guys probably because a lot of them aren't going to be playing, and it's uh, this, that, or the other. Plus, you know, I mean, they do come from like ten states, so it's uh, it's kind of all over the place. But we'll try to get out and see as many uh, as we possibly can. I saw Jen Misowski lit the other night. Uh, Michael's going to try to go see him this week, although. Like Jeffersonville's whole high school seems like they're in quarantine, so I'm not sure if they'll if they'll play or they'll change. Everybody's got to be you just got to be on your p's and q's. You know, if you find a team, go play a team. That's what uh, Floyd Central's coach told me the other night. He goes, "We came an hour for a hour and ten minutes for a scrimmage. I don't care. I just want to be out on the field playing." And I feel the same way about high school, college, and any kind of ball right now. Just get it out there and play. So uh, we'll keep you posted on uh, on all of that. All right, I think. Um, I, I, when you, um, I, I think when you look at basketball, Team 107, as Coach Mack reported, they they all reported back to campus this week. They were there uh, this weekend. They had a team meeting last night and uh, all tested this morning and uh, uh, and no positives from what I was told, Michael. Uh, all negatives on uh, on the COVID testing. Uh, the entire coaching staff back on campus. Uh, um, and, and ready to go as they begin preparation for this season. We will find out. Dan Gavin from the NCAA said this today. And, and uh, uh, look, they, they want to keep things moving. They want to have an, an NCAA tournament. They have to have an NCAA tournament uh, in this, this coming season. We're going to know in mid-September if the start date will be pushed back a little bit or if practice will begin uh, a, a normal time. And, and, and I'm excited to see these guys practice. Um, I know there's, you know, the expectations are kind of all over the board. Uh, uh, we're all over the board for for this team. Uh, I'm pumped to see them and see what they can do uh, in in some of the new guys, the grad transfers, and I think the uh, the older guys coming back. It's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. This is going to be a fun ride to me with this team. You don't know what the schedule is going to be yet because it could be just all in all conference games, which is going to make things ten times more difficult. I think. Um, not to have those, you know, non-conference games would be brutal for basketball, but I think it's going to be invaluable for for the future. Um, and, and these guys, the newcomers, uh, are going to get some some key minutes. The sophomores are going to get some key minutes, and I think that uh, this team will be a lot better than most people believe they will be. I do too, and I think Carly Jones really is kind of going to be the person that dictates you know, which direction those expectations go. Obviously, you know, the number one grad transfer coming in has, you know, there's been a lot of positive talk about he's, how he's performed since he's been on campus. You know, so I, like you, I'm looking forward to seeing how they do mesh uh, together and, and also equally, you know, excited to find out what the season will look like. You know, we've heard 
you know, there's proposals for multiple bubble situations. Obviously, there's the possibility of just starting as is, as normal, you know, going to conference only. So a lot of different options are on the table, and I'm sure they're going to, you know, look over and discuss every, you know, little detail they can. You know, what happens in football is probably going to obviously play a, a big role in, in the eventual decision there as well. You know, so, but like you, you know, I was glad to see that the NCAA came out and basically said, look, we're going to have an NCAA tournament this year. Absolutely needs to happen. You know, I can't imagine life two years in a row without one. So looking forward to that, you know, and really, you know, as I do my air quotes with normal, you know, look forward to getting back to, you know, normal as much as we can with the sports landscape. And, and we're, it's not going to be an easy ride as we're seeing through Major League Baseball and, you know, and different things around the country. Uh, you know, it's going to be a little bumpy, but, you know, we'll get through it. And, you know, I think it'll be exciting once we do. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think, um, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm excited um, that, you know, with we as we told you last week with the decommitment, um, there's, you know, they'll definitely get two more high school guys. I would imagine a, a third new guy would probably come off the grad transfer market next year. Um, really nothing's changed uh, in, in the last week as they continue to kind of monitor guys. There were some events this past weekend that I know they saw, um, you know, L Ellis, by the way, was really good in that Juco event. I'm supposed to talk to him at some point this week uh, about his performance, but I heard um, he was fabulous. Jamarian Sharp did not play. I know some people on the board were talking about him. He did not play in that Juco event. Um, I expect Louisville to kind of still evaluate him. Uh, and, and I would think at some point or another, I would think they would offer him. I know they haven't at this point, but, um, I, I would think that they would, and, and they'll still continue to move on with the, with the other guys that we've told you that they're, um, the other guys that we have told you about, they're still in the mix with and still trying to recruit and see what they can get through. Um, but again, like I've said before, I've said it many a times, you know, the best thing for Chris Mack and his staff would be. Uh, you know, for this NCAA thing to get over with and done with and, and get it out of the way. So uh, uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I think it, I think this class is still, um, you know, you still have three, uh, three really, you know, I think two really, really good players. And I don't mean to slight Eric Vonderheiden in, in any means, in any way possible. But I think he's that he is um, a little behind the other two guys in far as I'm concerned and how good that they're going to be. Uh, at the next level, because I think Bobby Pettiford is going to be much better than anybody anticipates even right now. And I think L. Ellis is going to be just fine in two years, um, you know, having two years um, left at the University of Louisville. Von der Heiden is a great three, four year guy. Um, I just think he's it's going to take him a year to put some, you know, get some strength and some bulk. And hopefully he can do that between now and then and and, and be a different guy. So um, they, they're in on some good guys. It's going to all work out. It always does. And uh, by the time this class signs, we might know uh, what the heck the future holds for Louisville basketball and maybe finally can get that darn cloud out over the top of them. Just just for sure, even if you don't think it affects recruiting or anything else, just not to have to worry about talking about it anymore would be great. Yeah, just to you know, get it over with. I mean, the, uh, once the, the first bump, if you want to call it that, you know, got passed, you know, it. it it was ugly. It was not fun. It was not enjoyable to go through. But once it was in the rearview mirror, it felt, you know, so much better. And once this gets completely done, yeah, then certainly, and I imagine Chris Mack and his staff will feel, you know, a huge weight off their shoulders as they then will have more of a level playing ground when they get out to to recruit some of the nation's top players. And you know, but uh, speaking of some of the nation's top players, one of Louisville's greatest, uh, you know, Donovan Mitchell had an unbelievable outing today as a Jazz. 
uh, started their NBA. I guess all of the NBA is really getting with the playoffs either today or tomorrow. Uh, but unfortunately, comes in a losing effort. Flirts with a triple-double, 57 points, Jody. Nine rebounds, yep. seven assists, and an overtime loss to the Nuggets. Uh, an unfortunate overtime loss to the Nuggets. But, I mean, and, and starts the game with just two points in the first quarter, ends up with 57. I mean, just an unreal performance by Donovan Mitchell. Um, and again, unfortunate that it, it came on a losing an end. But it's a number, which this, this is amazing. It's 57 points, now ranks third all-time in the NBA single-season scoring effort in the postseason, trailing just Michael Jordan's 63 points that he put up against Chicago, if you remember that, or I guess uh, the Celtics. The Celtics. Back, yeah, back in 1986. And then Elgin Baylor back in 1962 when he's playing for the Lakers. And then Donovan Mitchell right, the, right at number three, above guys like Charles Barkley, multiple Michael Jordan uh, performances, Allen Iverson, Will Chamberlain. I mean, the, the, name that he's, you know, the names that he's now amongst uh, continues to just be impressive. And, and what a performance by Donovan Mitchell today. No doubt about it. And, you know, one of the most amazing things to me is he's hitting now after today. I think what he did end up 11 of 11 or 12 out of 12 from the line. Uh, well, I think yeah. maybe 12 out of 12. He's hitting now 87 percent from the line this year. That's just ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. But he's gotten some- so he's gotten so good. He cannot. They can't stop. Teams can't stop him from getting to the basket. And I know everybody says, "Oh, the defense is different in the NBA." It, it is, but he makes it. He gets his shoulders by that first defender, and nobody's going to stop him. And he did that all day today. And uh, I'm so happy for him. Still one of the nicest guys that I've ever had to deal with. Still one of the best guys. Um, you know, still today, if you know, he retweets things. Uh, he sends messages. I mean, you know, if I tweet something that he doesn't like, he sends messages. You know, it's just kind of funny how he is uh, has has become that ambassador for Louisville, and uh, and and it's exciting for I I think uh, for Louisville basketball and for Louisville and Louisville fans in general to have Lamar is unbelievable, but to have a basketball guy like that too, who is who is at that level and that high level, that makes it uh, it makes it even special as well. Yeah, and it doesn't. They'll play again. It's a, it's a best of seven series, as we all know. So they'll play again Wednesday, again an afternoon game. This one tipping off at three o'clock, so you'll get a chance to to watch Donovan again, and hopefully the Jazz can can make a, a series of it. The, the, I think they're the sixth seed going against the three seed, so they are the underdog. But you know, hopefully they can make a make a run of it. They're missing some key players, but I'm telling you, you hate to see somebody lose when somebody drops 57 points. But but I mean, it, you mentioned how he was getting to the to the hole, but. Also had a couple nice, you know, step back behind the line, three-point shots in people's face. I mean, yep. it, it, it's just developing, you know, a complete all-around ball game. All right, one other note before we let you go here, and then I'm going to go watch some basketball because um, yeah. uh, there's NBA on tonight as well, too. So I'm relax and uh, chill for a little bit. Uh, but the baseball team back on campus, baseball team uh, um, fully back on campus from what I'm told, you know, somewhat upwards of, you know, 48, 49, 50 guys uh, for the fall, and they're back on campus working out starting today. Um, from what I understand, they're not that obviously they can't have any fall scrimmages against other teams, uh, but they're going to get as soon as they can get possibly get going and get some scrimmages going uh, among their themselves. And boy, I wish we could get out there and watch it. We were not going to be able to. It's all going to be closed, but uh, it sure would be fun because it's a lot of talent on that field, uh, a lot of guys uh, out there, and also the fall sports. Men's and women's soccer, uh, volleyball, and field hockey all now a week into their fall camp. 
And the expectation is that even though there's no NCAA championships, they will still play an ACC schedule and perhaps even some non-conference games uh, if they can get them in. So a lot going on, Michael. Keep it clicked. Keep clicking right here at CardinalAuthority.com and we will keep you updated on the latest. But until next week, for Michael McCammon, I'm Jody Demling. This has been a, a great edition. I was going to say a special edition because it's not. They're all special, Michael. It's yep. been our weekly edition of the Cardscast. Should you ever set foot outside of the hotel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.